Good afternoon, agents. Welcome to KHM Today, your weekly go-to resource for industry news and straight-up fun. I am your host, Carolyn Orp, and today is the 21st day of July. We are excited. I'm excited because the education team is back in this country. I'm so thankful that they're all back safe and sound, and so they're going to help me break down uh, what we would call the new normal of flying these days. So we've got that. We've got Tim Smith here as we go for gold, and he talks about some sales tips with us. We have a fantastic agent with us who's going to break down the fam that she attended at Lady uh, Palladium Lady Hamilton in Montego Bay. And then hold on to your seats, you guys. We have John Cherneski here from Princess Cruise Line. Super excited. It's his first time here on KHM Today. Um, so we are really excited about everything that's going on today. So just some crazy headlines the last couple of days. Um, I wanted to uh, point out to you guys that the Court of Appeals re reversed that initial decision on um, the CDC and whether or not they can um, uh, require cruise lines to follow certain protocols. So if you haven't been following that, you know, Stay on point with that news, what what the impact will be for Florida cruising. And we're going to see if, if John later on can share his insights on that topic as well. I don't know if you guys saw this news over the weekend, but in the um, New York Times, mine's the Denver Post, there was a big article on Venice. So Venice, after all these years, is able to ban large cruise ships from docking in the port of Venice. Now, specifically, we're talking the lagoon, which is going to be um, deemed a national monument. Um, but take a look at the article because it really is great. And it's in the New York Times. It flushes out what the environmentalists are doing along with the city to find a great balance between those environmental concerns of the cruise ship coming in and at the, the speed that they were coming in and the economic concerns that they have for, for that city. So take a look at that. And then finally, this just popped up a few hours ago. I know some of us have been receiving emails from one particular resort down in the Cancun Riviera Maya area about increased protocols for COVID with a heightened increase. I think they moved to an orange level. And today, just this morning, I received another notice from another hotel. So I'm trying to stay on point with the hotels that my clients are going to be impacted with over the summer. I have yet to see a blanket announcement, but just a heads up that if you've got clients traveling down that way, and protocols are changing, it's a good idea to just double check with your particular property and make sure that you understand what, what changes are being put in place. So, so many great headlines um, and so many things are changing as we move through the summer. Um, but let's go ahead and get started with our show today. Tim Smith is here. He is our sales guru here at KHM Travel Group. And this segment is sponsored by MSC Cruise Lines, a cruise is designed to enrich, delight, and create unforgettable experiences. Welcome, Tim. Hi, how we doing? We're doing great. I'm so happy that you're here. It's been a few weeks since we've seen you. Um, so, you know, our theme this month is going for gold. It's the Olympics. They start on Friday night. And so what I'm wondering is what your favorite Olympic event is. Well, I, I'm going to have to say wrestling because I was a big wrestler through high school and college, but uh, I was also a big track sprinter. So uh, those are two of probably my favorites, wrestling and, and track. Awesome. Now, will you get up early to watch those events or will you watch the, the recordings? 
<laughs> I do recordings. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So you have some thoughts on how we can win or when do we win the race? Thank and this you. is all about when do we make that sale? Exactly. It's so amazing to me when I watch the Olympics and any sports events, um, how uh, maybe a big race, maybe four times around the track, and the, the winner ends up winning the race by one inch. Now, how could that happen? Okay. Or the, the long jump, they, they win it by one inch, or they throw the hammer, or they throw the ball, you know, the shot put, and they win by one inch. You know, when when did they win that race? You know, was it was it the lurch right at the very end of it? You know, that they lurched forward and then that's when they won that race? Or was it in the back stretch when they got a little extra energy and they took off? Uh, or was it right at the beginning when they were at the, the starting blocks and they jumped a little bit faster than everybody else? And I get to thinking about those things and having been an athlete and having, you know, won those races, uh, that's all that stuff is important when you're in those races, but what's really, when did they really, really win the race? All right. And my feeling is they, they won the race years ago. They won the, the race when they were, you know, practicing when they were little, when they were dreaming about, you know, uh, being in the Olympics and all that preparation that they had to go through to go through it. Um, they had to practice, they had to study, they had to talk to other champions, other people who were successful in their field to see what ideas or techniques uh, that they could do to improve. And so when did you make that sale? And I got to thinking about all of that. Uh, was it when you maybe handed out that business card to someone that you met in the supermarket when you were talking to them and, and you're going, oh, by the way, I, you mentioned Hawaii, uh, I'm a travel agent, here's my business card. Uh, or was it when you sent those brochures out uh, that just came in and, uh, you know, featured some uh, new travel places that are starting to open up? Uh, or was it that call that you made uh, when you were sitting there and you're thinking, man, I haven't called Sally in a while. I'll call her and see, you know, if she's going to be taking that trip again next year. Um, or was it uh, the webinar when you were watching me doing a sales webinar and I gave you some really brilliant technique that you used? <laughs> By the way, I have a, a, a webinar coming up uh, Monday uh, at two o'clock. That's uh, how to add hours to your your day. So it's a little time oh management goodness. stuff. <laughs> so when that everybody thinks you get twenty four hours, no, you get a lot more than that. So uh, how to add some hours to your day? But so, uh, Tim, all of the I like as an, I feel like as an agent, we almost we're we're on our way to winning when we really qualify our client well like that's our first leg of the race okay. and then that final leg is when we have prepared that client so well that the trip is really easy and i'll give you an example i was i was speaking with some clients on friday night and they're heading to um, mexico in a couple of weeks and we we spent an hour going through all of the process of, of checking in and what that should look like and the COVID test and da, 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 everything under the sun. And I happened to see this gentleman two days later and he said to me, do you spend that much time with everyone or were you just doing this with us? And I said, right now, I don't have a choice but to spend that much time with everyone because it's so different. 
And right. he's a business traveler. He's, you know, he's, he's, you know, 100K with United, but he goes from point A to point B and that's it. He does nothing in between. And he certainly isn't traveling with his kids. Right. He, so I needed to fill in all those blanks for him so that this trip was smooth. Because there's a lot when you're doing leisure travel that's between point A and point B. So he was so thankful, but he was just surprised that I would spend that much time speaking with them and making sure that they had all the information they needed. And so that's when I feel, now I feel like I've won the race. I don't, if they have a terrible time, I don't know what to do about that. But I feel like I prepared them for every single thing I could. Well, that's what you're talking about. You're you're talking about the preparation. I mean, I, I look at it as a step by step by step by step basis. And if you miss one of those steps, you know, you're going up a stairway, you go, can you skip four steps? It's not too easy, you know, right. uh, you're going to trip and you're going to fall. And so the preparation is just the most important thing. And then even after the sale, I, you had mentioned this to me earlier today, even after the sale, the, the thank you note or the call, how was your trip? Did, you know, did you have a lot of fun? You know, what would you like to do next time? Uh, those are all important. It's not just you made the sale, they went on. Right. The customer goes, wow, they're really concerned that I that I had a good time on this trip. Right. And you're you're with them the whole way. I feel like that's the gold medal moment when they come back and say, we're so fantastic at getting us prepared for this trip and listening to us and hearing our needs and things like that. That's that's when you get the podium moment. <laughs> well, you, we talk about our travel agents being rock stars. Our, our travel agents are gold medal winners. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Tim, thank you so much All for right. being here. We appreciate your time and your thoughts on sales they're always so inspiring so and please tune in for tim's webinar next week at two o'clock if you're a khm agent you'll see it in the portal calendar thanks tim all right see you everybody bye all right you guys for the entire month of may we talked about our fam forward and this month we are looking for that fam feedback from agents that have been on our fams the last couple of months so please welcome our next guest uh, Glenisa is here. She's an agent with KHM and recently attended our FAM Forward event in Montego Bay at the Palladium Lady Hamilton. And this segment is sponsored by Blue Sky Tours, your travel expert selling Hawaii and the South Pacific only to travel advisors. Hi, Glenisa. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you attended Montego Bay. Um, Lady, I, I wanted, I just want to call it Lady Hamilton, Palladium Lady Hamilton. It just sounds so fancy. Um, <laughs> why did you choose this fam? So, um, yeah, so we stayed at the Grand Palladium Lady Hamilton and I chose this fam because, um, I started selling more Jamaica. I do a lot of Mexico and other parts of the Caribbean, but not so much Jamaica. And I've had clients come to me saying, they wanted to go to Jamaica and I really did not have too much experience with Jamaica. And so this fam came up and I was like, oh, this is a great way for me to immerse myself um, with the island, see what it has to offer so I can offer more to my clients as they make this request. And did you do any pre or post stay for the fam or did you just go for the, the what was it, three nights? I did the pre-stay. I actually started in the grill and moved my way over to Grand Palladium and then actually um, did some some site inspections on my own in Montego Bay. Okay. And how important do you think that piece is? 
because did did your fam include other site visits or excursions or were you just staying at that one property so the fam itself was at that one property however we were able to experience um have different experiences at the property um for instance we saw their wedding set up um at one of their wedding spaces at the gazebo and it was based um geared more towards indian weddings and, okay. and that thing because that's now uh, um, a, a specialty in the niche right. that some agents are deciding to get into we also were able to go on a um catamaran cruise and that was amazing and, and see what offerings they had for clients so now you know when somebody says oh does anybody have any catamaran cruises that they can recommend i can now confidently recommend them because i've had that experience um and we also had some presentations by the um, jamaica tourist board um and, and others to, who came in to just give us more information and a more immersive experience into the island of jamaica and all i had to offer so I feel like you doing that pre-stay and also seeing some other properties in Montego Bay really helped you figure out how to sell Jamaica if you liked Jamaica as a whole, which did you? I love Jamaica. Oh yeah, I um, have a newfound love for Jamaica. I've been there a couple of times on my own for personal things, but I didn't really have an opportunity until now to really immerse myself in the island. And I feel a lot more confident selling not only Grand Palladium, but also the other sites that I was able to view while there and give more on the ground experience as to whether or not it's a good fit for whatever um, client I'm qualifying at that time. And so what did you learn about your host hotel? What, what was most, what did you learn that was most surprising? Um, well, <sighs> There's a lot. <laughs> um, the property is pretty big. And so walking around the property and seeing the differences between um, the Grand Lady, um, um, the Grand, um, the Lady Hamilton side and the Jamaica side um, were huge for me because I wanted to know the difference because there also is a cost difference between the two sides as well. So I wanted to see what the difference were. I wanted to see the different suites that they had. I, I sent clients to their romance suite, but I couldn't, you know, they had pictures of it, but I couldn't really picture where it was located. I couldn't really envision what my clients see when they're looking out of the window. And now that I'm able to see that, like I said, I feel more confident selling it um, and where it is and, and what it entails. And, you know, I can say, oh, you and your significant other are perfect for this, or this may not be for you. So, um, you know, just getting an opportunity to learn about the property, its size, its offerings, especially its dinner. I didn't have a bad meal while I was there. Um, so that was good um, as well. So, I, yeah. I have found with Jamaica, and I hope you found this as well. When I went last summer, you know, one of the things they said was, well, you know, everyone's wearing masks. So, you know, and, and there's no hugging and there's none of this, which is very Jamaica, right? You get off and you might just meet your transfer driver and you're already hugging. Um, but one thing I found was that the Jamaican people, even with a mask on, you can see the size of their smile through their eyes. I it's, agree with that wholeheartedly. It's the most amazing thing, because I don't know that any other destination I have been to, there is a, a people that that shines through their eyes so brilliantly. And so even with masks on, the minute you got off the plane, you were like, ah, oh, you know, welcome back. It just is, is 
just amazing that that is how they all are. Yep, I wholeheartedly agree. And I've been blessed to have really nice people, whether it be the ground people at the grounds for transportation, people on the resort. Um, and I actually, because I was there for a little while before the fam started, I actually had an opportunity to get to know and speak with some of the people at the resort and understand their story, which I find is also very important when you're um, when you're traveling to yeah. learn more about the culture and more about the people. Absolutely. So for agents that are listening and, you know, want to do a FAM, do you have any tips on how agents can get the most bang for their buck and what they should choose and what, what maybe they should pass on? So definitely researching the resort beforehand. That pre-research helps frame any questions that you may have about the resort um, when you get there. Um, so that's definitely um, something that I think that you should do. Don't be afraid to add extra days or um, whether it be before or afterwards, because, you know, during the fam, the, the, you know, the host wants you to sell the property. So they're going to put their best foot forward. So when you get there beforehand or you stay a little extra, then you can experience the property not as a travel agent, but as your customer. And see, you know, and really look at what some of the issues may be, if there are any, or if the property is as spectacular as they're showing while you're on the fam. That um, is a great point. Yeah, definitely make sure that you have a social media plan. Um, get different hashtags. Ask for them ahead of time. What are your property's hashtags? How do you want me to promote your property? And while there, utilize it. Go live. I did, I did some lives while I was there. Take pictures, answer questions, um, because your clients want to see you on location. They want to see you at those resorts. If you're going to, um, you know, a lot, one of my clients has told me if I don't go there, they don't want to go. Don't recommend any resorts that I haven't been to personally. Mm. And so, you know, that that's important to clients. They want to know that you've been there. They want to know that you have firsthand experience. So the best way to get that out there is by going on social media and going live and utilizing. Don't let it all sit in your phone. <laughs> Utilize that 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 stuff. And don't let be afraid ask, to repurpose it too. Yeah, let me ask you this. And this is something that I we didn't talk about in advance. So I apologize. I'm throwing you no a curveball. Um, did you experience, you know, right now resorts are not selling to full capacity. And I know I've experienced it. Mm -hmm. Other agents have experienced it with clients where we're not selling to full capacity, so we don't have as much staff on site. Are you seeing differences in service levels because of that? For the So I've been to both Jamaica and Mexico. I just got back from Mexico on Tuesday. So I, I've been to both places, stayed at various resorts, and I think it depends on the resort. Um, so I have experienced it at some and others. I have not. Um, some resorts, as the capacity is starting to increase, they're starting to rehire um, either old employees or hire new employees. And so there's definitely that hiccup and that learning curve. But one of the things, and so you have to pack your patients and you should prepare your clients for packing their patients um, because of these service levels. That's something that I always go over with my clients. Be that as it may, the resorts are trying. And we're all trying in this industry. Um, things are just changing on a daily basis. We're all trying to keep up. And so, it, you know, people want a vacation. They want to get out. We've been cooped up for a year and a half and 
We all want to get some fun in the sun. I think the biggest thing, um, you know, even though service levels may not be where they were pre-COVID, the resorts are trying to get there. And we just need to be a little bit patient and we need to prepare our clients for that level of patience too. Um, And I think once they do that, they can, they can let that part go and concentrate more on having fun and relaxing and and getting that fun in the sun that they're looking for. I love it. Such wise, wise words. Thank you so much. I feel like hack your patience should be our hashtag. It should be a bumper sticker, a t-shirt, a hat. I, I, I don't think I can say it enough to clients. And I, I, I just wonder sometimes if it's really taken to heart or if it's just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, thank you so much for being here for your wise words. I'm so glad you had a great time on the fam. And I'm sure it was wonderful to see other agents again. Definitely. Yeah. So thank you so much, Glenisa. You're welcome. Bye. Oh, you guys, we so many great fans and so much great feedback from everyone. Um, it just has been a fantastic um, season of fans for everyone. So I'm excited to welcome our next guest, John Chernesky, Senior Vice President, North American Sales and Trade for Princess Cruises and Cunard Line. Not only because it is his first time with us, but because I took my very first cruise with Princess and I became a fan right out of the gate. So thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Carolyn. So um, I was reading a little bit about you over the weekend and I Uh-oh. stumbled upon an old biographical article about you. <laughs> and the article said, asked you, what was one of your career highlights? And you mentioned having a bobblehead. And I thought, I got to look at the date on this article because now one of the highlights has got to be that you have your own Muppet and I can see him behind you. Yeah, well, first of all, as I like to say, he was overserved last night, so he's sleeping <laughs> it off. So let's just try <laughs> and tone it down so we don't wake him because he gets ornery. Yeah, we had a, we have a partnership with the Jim Henson company uh, doing a show on board a couple of our ships with life-size puppets. It's really fun. And I grew up with the Muppets, right? So it's kind of, I'm in that wheelhouse. And uh, we thought, well, Let's create, they were going to create a, a puppet of Jan Swartz, our president, and then they realized that she's actually professional, whereas I'm an idiot, so let's make it of me, and I'll have some fun with it, and so that's why we did that, but it's, I mean, it was handcrafted by the artisans who work in Jim Henson's studio, so pretty cool. I am so jealous, because that actually truly is a dream of mine, to have my own Muppet, and it used to be something they offered at California Adventure in mm. near Disneyland. And then they got rid of it. And I have tried like a dog to find it. They used to do it through FAO Schwartz. No one does it anymore. And I, I totally missed the boat. But it truly, I'm so jealous right now. I keep looking at him in the background. It's cool. So- and I got to learn how to, to use them. And I tell you what, the artists that are puppeteers, it is a skill. And it is not easy. And it's, uh, it's a real talent. And so uh, I got to appreciate firsthand just how hard it is. And when I use the puppet, I'm not going to do it here today because it's really embarrassing. Uh, but it's hard. That's awesome. So in my mind, I was going to start when we spoke, I was going to start with something else, but I just wanted to grab your thoughts real quick on, you know, the, the CDC and, you know, the appellate court saying, no, we're dialing this back. The CDC absolutely can, can, can not only um, recommend, but mandate certain protocols. What's, what's your current thought on, on this situation? Well, I think clearly what's going on in Florida has 
raise more questions than answers right now, right? And it's evolving so quickly. I, I see it almost as a tennis match that we're just kind of waiting for, okay, now what? And but what I like to say is, um, I mean, at Princess, we're somewhat lucky because we don't actually return to sail out of Florida until early November. And so it's not like we're sailing there next week where we have, um, you know, immediacy of where we have to answer a bunch of questions, but we're still getting them. And so I would just say, you know, at the end of the day, the cruise industry and Princess obviously is part of that. We have always lived by the guidelines established in partnership with the CDC. And I don't feel like um, that personally is going to change long term, that we are still have the most stringent health and safety standards of any uh, vacation option out there, more than airlines, more than resorts, more than you, you know, you name it. We're the only ones that have to report to the CDC. No one else does. And so because of that, and we have a very good shared best practice across the industry, we don't we never compete on health and safety. You've heard that from me and other webinars from other um, of my colleagues out there. And we truly believe it that we're all in this together because if something happens on a ship, people don't really remember the brand. They don't remember the name of the ship. Half the people who take a cruise don't even remember what ship they were just on for a week. <laughs> and so we're all truly we're all in this together. I think it will get resolved. We'll we've proven that. Uh, we can operate safely in other markets in the world. Our European sisters, uh, the brands that are over there have done it very well with very few cases. And ultimately, I think we have to get to a place where just because someone tests positive doesn't mean we turn the ship around and park it and we're done. Like we have to, just like in society, things happen. People, you could have the vaccine and still be positive. The chance of you transmitting it to someone is very, very low. But it's gonna be part of our life moving forward. And so that's why the protocols that we've now established are so stringent on isolation, contact tracing. And we at Princess are fortunate that we have the technology of a dying class because contact tracing is very simple. So we know where people have been. So all of those protocols will kick into place. Our team is being trained and we'll be able to live that and support that and make sure that just because we have a positive case doesn't mean you know, the cruise ends. So it's a very long answer to your question, but I think it's, it's a very nuanced question. Right, right. So you brought up medallion technology. So let's talk about that. This this we've been watching for a few years. Um, it's similar to the technology that Disney has used at their parks for the last couple of years with the Magic Band. What do you say to the person who maybe is not tech savvy? They don't want to be dealing with their phone while they're on um, on board. They literally get on and put it in the safe. How how can this still work with those that don't want that piece of, of the pie. Yeah, I think the beauty of Medallion Class is that it was meant to be uh, a, a technology that operates mostly behind the scenes, that is there to provide enhanced service, personalized service, and ultimately more time back for you to enjoy your vacation because we don't all have unlimited vacation time. Um, and so we have limits and we want to maximize that. And it really does give you more time to enjoy because it takes away some of those obstacles. But if you don't want to use your phone, that's fine because you have to carry your medallion with you because that's how you get in and out of your room. Unless you want to leave your room and not get back in, you probably should take your medallion with you. And so if you don't want to use your phone, that's okay because the staff will recognize you. And when you order that drink that's customized, the next time you order it, they know that that's how you like it. They can order things on your behalf. You can track down crew members. The story I like to say, is that the way we've enhanced this technology over the last year and a half during this pandemic is such that you know one of the coolest features is being able to order things. And even if you don't have your phone, in theory, and please don't do this, 
But in theory, the captain could walk by and you could say, and the captain could say, hey, how are you doing today, Carolyn? Are you having a great day? And you say, Captain, I'm having a wonderful day, but I would love uh, a margarita and a pizza. The captain can take his device out, order that for you, and walk away and go do his job. And then the staff, and then you can move to another lounge chair or move to another room, and the staff will find you and bring that to you. Now, please don't ask the captain for your drinks <laughs> or your pizza orders. I'm just saying hypothetically. So you don't have to have your phone on you at all. Um, I am a phone guy, so I'll use mine, and I think yeah. it takes you know the experience to another level. But I think the base level of service and experience just with your medallion is so much greater than what we've ever been able to deliver because of the power of the technology. So you guys will start back up in Alaska, which is your, I mean, you're, you're the princess, the queen, the king of Alaska, essentially. It's, it's your wheelhouse for sure. What is it gonna look like on these ships? What sort of protocols will be in place? What can guests expect? Well, I actually fly tomorrow up to Seattle with my family. I joined the Majestic Princess on Sunday for the very first cruise to Alaska. So I will know for sure when I get there. Uh, but what I can say is that, first of all, the crew are so excited uh, to get back to work. And we are just so thankful that we're able to return. Who thought Alaska would be happening this season? Honestly, if you just said to me six months ago, John, how much would you bet? I would say I wouldn't bet anything because I know I'm gonna lose it. There's no way this is gonna happen. And here we are, it happens. So what do I know? Um, so the crew are excited. The protocols that we have in place, because these are fully vaccinated cruises, and, and just to clarify, Princess, all of the sailings that Princess is sailing, starting on Sunday through the rest of this year, um, are fully vaccinated. Whether you're in Alaska or California coast, Mexico, Caribbean, et cetera, Hawaii, they are fully vaccinated, which means you need to bring proof of vaccination with you. And once you get on the ship, you don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to physically distance. Obviously, if you want to wear a mask, you can. It's not like we're saying you can't wear one. Um, and so I think it's going to be a very normal experience. Big production shows, dinner in the dining room. And I'm looking forward to that and seeing it firsthand. Um, can't wait to overeat and overdrink. <laughs> What's your favorite thing when you get on board? What's the first thing you go to grab? Uh, it's usually an alcoholic beverage. And I go right for uh, the pizzeria. So I, I usually start with pizza. I think Princess, you know, we've won a couple of accolades in the past, the best pizza at sea. Um, and it's it's usually my go-to uh, with my boys, especially. I've got twin boys that, you know, are 14 now. And so they don't uh, dislike pizza, uh, to say the least. They love it. So, yeah, that's my first go-to. What about you? Um, it is definitely the pizza. But the other thing that I love, and I only allow myself to have it once the entire week, is the fettuccine in the Parmesan bowl. The Parmesan, yeah. you know, bowl that they craft. I've always wanted to try that at home, but I spared you all <laughs> my really home segment where I try to do that. But that's my favorite thing. Um, let me ask you, you guys announced the 2023 World Cruise and it was like record breaking sales, the amount of time. We've seen this across numerous lines where they have announced these these World Cruises and they sell out within hours. What do you attribute this to? I think it's, first of all, thank God it happened, right? That we're seeing that demand. It's it's a, I've always felt that this is uh, an industry and a business. And by the way, yesterday was my 29th anniversary working for Princess. I can't believe it. Right out of kindergarten, 29 years later, here we go. <laughs> um, and, I, and I've always enjoyed working in this, not this just company, but this industry because of, travel and what it offers us as, as, and I'm not to get too philosophical, but 
as a humanity, like we, we are better people for travel. And, you know, Glenisa was talking about the trip she just did and she comes back a different person. You know, we all do when we travel, you're always a different person. And I think that's part of the beauty of travel. And so when the world cruises went on sale for 23, um, you just don't know, right? Uh, what's that going to be like? And this is a tough time. And talk about a commitment of time and money. Like that's a big, that's not a seven day trip to Alaska. That's a 111 day cruise in, you know, right. 30 different countries. And it shows to me that one of two things, A, there's this pent up demand we hear about, right? Is, is true. People do want to travel. And life is short at the end of the day. You only have so many years to travel. And people are saying, and you know, the average world cruiser is not 22 years old right out of college. They have most likely retired. They've got their money saved. They've got their, their plans. And that's why you as travel advisors are so important because just like a financial advisor, you're talking about just not the next trip, but the next three to five years of travel. And so if that window was condensed because we lost a year of travel, it's clear that the demand was there and that's what drove the success, not just for Princess, but we see it with our sister brands as well as other brands. Right. I just think it's, I, I think it's so crazy. And one statistics that I don't know that a lot of people know is that world cruisers tend to be repeat world cruisers. Oh yeah. They don't just do it one time and say, oh, I've done it. I'm done. They do it at least twice. Some do it every single year. Yep. And that's why you see the itineraries are always changing because you know, yes, there's going to be those staple ports that the one they you have to go to. But then it's those off the beaten path places that we don't often go to that really, I think, drive that demand because they do want to see different parts of the world and do it from the convenience of an amazing cruise ship. Yep. Um, so recently I was at my hairdresser and uh -huh. she was <laughs> she was it looks wonderful, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It's usually one week out. Um, she made the comment that what she didn't want to book right now was a cruise. And I said, well, why would you say that? And she said, because I don't want to get stuck on one. So what do you say to agents that are fighting kind of that, that pushback with that mentality that, you know, of what we were first seeing when the pandemic hit of people getting stuck um, yeah. on, on these ships? I know that this is not going to happen. I know that the inner workings of the ship have changed. So I know what I said to her. What would you say? I would say that I don't blame her because that was headline news for however, however many days. And that's all people could talk about because anything that happens on a cruise ship is sexy and they just love talking about it. Um, the reality is we didn't have protocols in place like we do now that say if something happens, if there's a positive case, uh, this is what we do. If the number of cases rises to a certain level, this is what we do. We have agreements with every port we visit around the world that make sure that we have a connection with their local health authority, the local hospitals, that we can offload patients and get them safely home um, or into, into local medical care, whatever the situation might be. So those days, uh, I've heard Arnold Donald say it many times, our, our corporate CEO, that we will never be caught out like that again because we will always have these protocols and so the team of people that are connecting with each of these ports and making sure all those arrangements are in place that's a full-time job and they are doing a great job making sure we can return and that when we pull into a port whether it's in alaska or the caribbean or europe or wherever indonesia we're going to have those protocols in place and so i think that fear is understandable but it's not the reality of how we're going to operate moving forward and I feel like there that there are facilities now on board that are available to those that do test positive and need to move. I feel like we've spoken to so many lines and everyone has 
that protocol yeah. in place. Yeah, the full testing capabilities, the advanced healthcare, um, you know, the ventilators, all the things that should a case get really bad, we can treat on board. Um, and so, you know, enhanced HVAC, the, the ventilation systems, all of that is, is, and again, it goes back to what you just said that you've heard this from everybody. It's because we all operate with the same approach, that we're not doing it differently, that we, we have a standard that we want to be consistent throughout the industry. Yes, wonderful. John, thank you so much for being here. Enjoy the cruise this coming thank you. week. Um, you know, I'm sure you'll be reporting on it, correct? Yes, please follow me on Facebook if you don't already. Go to Facebook, don't search for my name, search for Princess VP Sales. Follow me there if you're not already. If you don't follow me already, I mean, I only have like 26,000 followers. Like, where have you been? No pressure. Um, and I will be doing daily updates uh, on our trip and some pictures and videos. And then when I get back, of course, uh, but I can't wait to share the story and uh, to get up to Alaska and be, I think I'm looking forward to Glacier Bay probably more than anything because it's one of the most beautiful places on earth, but we've got some great tours planned as well. And uh, I won't spoil the surprise, but just watch out for some really cool stories. Well, and I know me. the folks in those ports of call, they're so ready for for guests to be back and tourists to be back. I They need it as much as we need it for our souls. Absolutely. It's their livelihood. And I think yep. that's the reason why we're, we're going there is because it was all about giving them the economic boost that they need. And um, otherwise, we'd have a bigger problem. So we're taking um, full advantage of that and their graciousness and the hosts. And they're such, you know, so passionate about what they do. Uh, I can't wait to be there and see it all and experience it. Wonderful. Well, safe travels to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. My pleasure, Carolyn. Thanks so much. Take care. All right, you guys, wonderful news. We can't wait to get those updates on what it's looking like in Alaska. So um, here to join me back on American soil is Matt, Virginia, and Chantel. We needed to give Bill the day off today. He's with his grandkids. So <laughs> when we spoke this morning, I said, don't worry about it. Go go be with the kiddos. So um, this segment is sponsored by Fungit Vacations, your one-stop shop for Mexico, Caribbean, and beyond. So hi guys, welcome home. Hello. I hope you're there. to be back. <laughs> so we, sh we should say that Virginia is in actually Virginia and um, hence the curtains. She's, she's pulling a mat with the ugly curtains in the background. <laughs> so we have, um, we wanted to do this segment. We were talking several weeks ago, of kind of what that new normal looks like. Um, almost all of us, I don't think, BA, you've been on an international flight uh, in the last no. in the last year, but you've been on plenty of domestic flights. Um, yep. So, how would you define that new normal, Matt? Let's start with you. Yeah, for me, since I've been doing a lot of uh, mostly international travel. It's, it's not so much uh, worrying about like what the COVID protocols and stuff like that are anymore for me. It's more about what the rules for entry are. And if I've got everything in order and checking it several times before I leave because they might have just changed it again. And then a little bit of worrying uh, at each border crossing if they're going to let me through if I've got everything in order. And if that person, <coughs> whether it's a gate agent or, you know, um, someone at the airline, knows what the policy is for the country that I'm going, what it is today, and if they're going to let me in. So that's a little bit of the new normal. I'm not, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm not so worried about COVID so much anymore. It's more about everything coming up, uh, the service, 
as well, the hotel service, have a lot of new employees there. Are they trained? Same with the airlines, do they know the policies? Are they gonna let me in? Even if uh, I know the policies, do they know the policies? <laughs> so. mm -hmm. Chantel, what did you find while traveling? What did it look like for you? I, 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 I'm hoping you're gonna touch on a particular story you shared with me yesterday, but what did you, did, do you echo what Matt is saying or did you find something a little bit different? No, I, I definitely do. Um, so in June, I went to Puerto Vallarta uh, to host the Palladium Fam. And then I just got back from Greece. And, um, you know, a couple things that stood out to me was I flew United. So they have the Travel Ready Center, which is great because, you know, it prompts you on what you need to do, you know, uh, weeks and, and days before your flight. Don't get hung up on trying to upload a lot of your information because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So on QR codes and anything that I had to do, like to enter Greece, we had to do a passenger locator form. I made hard copies of everything that I could that even had the QR code or I took a screenshot and saved it on my phone um, because some of them asked for it on the phone. Some of them wanted to actually see a hard copy printed off. So, you know, you're kind of struggling, you know, like Matt, you're kind of freaking out a little bit before you get up there. Am I going to have everything? And then in uh, Washington, D.C., when we were going to Athens, um, we had the, the passenger locator form done. We had a hard copy uh, for Greece. You don't get the QR code until you're actually flying. So it does it so many hours before you arrive into Athens. So you don't have a QR code when you're in the States but you have the confirmation that you filled everything out and that the QR code's gonna come. Well, my friend Rita and I went to one gate agent in Washington, DC, because Cleveland didn't stamp our documents like they should have. So we had to stand in line again. The gentleman we got took one good look at our hard copy and said, okay, you're good, you know, go ahead. I used the facilities, I came back and my sister is still in line. Like 20 minutes later, she's getting all flustered because her phone wouldn't connect to the internet she it was kept spinning she couldn't find it on her phone but she had a hard copy the gate agent was giving her such a hard time she said no i need to see it on your phone i stepped in very graciously and said what is the what is the issue she has the hard copy we showed the hard copy to this gentleman and he let us through well i just want to make sure she could get it on her phone while she's flying I said, but we printed the email from her phone. This is the hard copy. So two people, two gate agents standing next to each other, but took it upon themselves to go two different ways. So you, in this day and age of traveling, like Matt said, it is a go with the flow, try to relax, you know, try to be as patient as possible because sometimes the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. Here we go again, pack your patience. Yeah, what have yeah. you experienced domestically? I, I think it's interesting because in some cases, there are states that have requirements. I had clients flying into Rhode Island for an American cruise line, um, American uh, cruise lines cruise, and they had to have a COVID test and um, also have a health document to enter Rhode Island. So it's not just from country to country. In some cases, it's from state to state. So well, I know. we have to 
we have to check on all that. Right. And I know I found that sometimes the names, like what I'm calling a document is not what the person at the, the counter is calling the document. So you think you've done everything and they call it something else. And you're like, wait, what is that? And then as they describe it, I'm like, oh, yeah, here it is. You know, yeah. we're calling it two different things. Um, right. So I know I experienced that, you know, heading down to, to Punta Cana. Um, yeah, I know you said at least at San Antonio Airport, which is your home airport, you're still seeing things that are not open as you go um, through. Yes. Um, when we went in, we had a 655 flight on uh, Tuesday. The airport was just chaotic because there were so many people there checking in and they're short staff. So, I mean, you have lines where we never had lines. TSA was backed up where they were checking to make sure if you were pre-check or not. They were um, actually checking before the, the pre-check line. So everybody had to wait in this long line to even get into pre-check. So, I mean, I think the short staff is just really, really hurting us. And then you get through security, half the restaurants are not open. Um, just there's nobody at the gates. So it's just a lot of waiting and that be kind and pack your patience yeah. because and you're going to have a wait. I think that's yeah, that and food. Too. Yesterday on coming back, I flew uh, through Atlanta on the way to, to Dallas DAL and it was fine at first, but then all of a sudden they told us that we couldn't just go to our next gate. We had to leave and come back through security again. And we we're like, what? and we couldn't even. They said we couldn't. Even, we didn't even know how to get there. And we got to some other place, and I found some other people who were along the asking the same question, like, yeah, how do we get to security? They didn't even tell us. They just said, go around here, go up some stairs. And I was glad that when I was in Paris, I didn't buy any of that duty-free, you know, stock <laughs> or whatever, because it would have been crude, right? Because they won't let you take it through security. And I don't know if that's because of a staff issue, like Virginia Ann said. Maybe that's the reason why. They didn't really give us a reason, but we all had to go wait in that long line and go back through security. So there's lots of things that are a little different. Is there anything that you're starting to see that is starting to turn back to what the old normal was? The plane was full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I um was what one thing that I, I I hate to say that I'm witnessing more and more is is the the poor attitudes and the yelling and the screening screaming and the 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 confrontations happening. Um in you really not not at the gate, but really at the check encounters. There's so many issues with, with documentation and not being able to use kiosks like you used to. And so the lines are long, masks needing to be worn, people not, not following that. I, I hate to say that a new normal of flying is running into one of those people on every flight um, or every airport experience, at least I have in the last couple of months. And it's really disheartening. The, the flight attendant on our flight over emphasized many times that this is a federal mandate yes and then he would say i have to wear this for 12 hours a day you can wear it for this short flight <laughs> and I, I know it's because they've had so many people push back about wearing the mask yeah 
absolutely. So, One well, that's our new normal. That, that I've noticed, at least on Delta, I haven't flown with them in a couple of years, but I did fly first class on the way over at my first experience, but on the way back, it was the economy, and the food was much better than I remember it. Like we got ice cream, I had like a roast beef, like the yes. food was, was better than, than a couple of years ago. And even the, the dishware, it was like nice new dishware rather than, you know, typically it looks like, what, banquet, <laughs> you know, the banquet TV dinner yeah. or, or something yeah. like that. It wasn't that, it was like on a nice dish plate and so I'm like, oh, okay, they're upgrading the food at least. <laughs> Beth, did you bring your cocktail kit with you? No, I didn't, I didn't bring it. This time. <laughs> You know, I, I'm hearing that people are pushing back with the hotels about the food, especially these that include breakfast, because all during COVID, you got this prepackaged little thing for breakfast and it was not very good. The one thing that people, when they fill out their surveys, are saying they want better food for breakfast. So hopefully we'll start seeing better food in the hotels too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I hope you guys will all stay on. You guys, that's the new normal for flying. We'll probably talk about the new normal for destinations as well in a couple of weeks. But if you guys have the time, I'd love for you to stay on for our next segment, which is what would the education team do um, in this situation? I had an interesting one. Robbie, I don't know if Glenisa or, or John are still on if they want to join us. I would love their thoughts on this as well. So, ah, thanks you guys for sticking around. So I had an interesting issue this weekend. Um, I was covering for an agent and I've been doing this for almost 14 years. I can't believe it. And I've never, ever had to do this before. So I got a text from, from the client there. They're down in Mexico and um, they, they wanted to switch hotels. Their room was dingy, even though they were in preferred club. Um, the security latch didn't work on their door. Um, they went down to the buffet and they understood that there was a rotation of restaurants and what was open, but they went to the buffet and there was hardly any food left. And this was not like 10 o'clock at night. This was normal hours. So they texted me and said, you know, what, what is your recommendation? So my response to them was, and this is the first time I've never had anyone complain about and want to move before. And so my thought to them was, okay, if it's the first thing is you're unhappy with your room, we need to speak to the front desk and see if they will move you rooms. And as we are texting back and forth, I said, but I'm wondering if, is there more to this? And it's not just a room issue. Is it the whole property? You know, what is this? Because if you're not going to be happy moving rooms, then, then let's start going down that other path now, as opposed to later. So essentially, they texted back and said, you're right. You know, we really think we don't want to be here. <laughs> so I got on the phone with the supplier and really looked at their options. I was in VAX, um, you know, looking at hotels that would be just a little bit of a bump up in price and got that information from the, um, from the supplier and then was able to relay that. But essentially, we couldn't do too much that night because it was late at night. We needed to wait until the morning. So eventually we did move them they were moved with no penalty they just had to pay the one night to the hotel no cancel penalties and an upcharge to the new hotel so i guess my question to all of you is is did i did i say the right things to them um in the text 
has this happened to to you before? What did you do? And you know, how do you solve issues like this? Who wants to go first? Carolyn, I'll chime in because I'm not a travel agent, and so yeah. um, I first I just would have taken the call, or I would have blocked the call, <laughs> and just <laughs> moved on with my life. I mean, right? <laughs> well, well, honestly, it sounds like well, you did all the right things. I, I, I'm applauding your effort, and you know, you did you helped the customer. How you <laughs> it's so funny you say that, but... John, because I actually earlier in the day there was a flight delay with their flight, and the agent, who is a good friend of mine, is texting me at 7:30 in the morning, and I'm looking at this text, and I'm like, this can wait till later. I don't know what she wants. Yeah, I don't understand the question right now. And I made my way halfway up the stairs, and I'm like, oh. I'm covering for her. That's what she's texting <laughs> So I went right back downstairs and I'm like, okay, let me look at my computer. Hold on, let's look at the options. But it was because I totally forgot. Um, and and it was so much later after they checked in that we both kind of were like, oh, they're fine, you know. But it, it was it was several hours later. So I don't know, Glenisa, have you ever run into this before? And what did you do? I have. And so it was a couple of things. I first of all, I think what you did was um, great, and 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 I learned a little lesson of trying to figure out: is it the room? Is it the fact that they're just tired and you know not happy, and it's something that they can get past, or is it more than just that? So I think that was a good call in trying to figure out what exactly the problem is, because um, I think you you rightly thought. If changing the room isn't going to solve the problem, why why even start there? Yeah. So that was that was very important for me to hear. But yeah, in one opportunity, one I did have that happen to me before, and what wound up being is that it wasn't what they expected. But once they were able to get in their second day, and even though it wasn't their expected, there were a lot of good things there. They just had to give the resort a chance. And once they did that, they enjoyed it. So it was more or less um, ascertaining what the real issue is. Are they just tired and cranky and they're hungry and they couldn't get anything to eat that night? Which happens. It's happened to me. Yeah. Or is there really an issue with the resort? Right. right. Um, Chantel, have you ever run into this? I have. And just like uh, Glenisa, what she said, you know, it's it's trying to decipher what is really wrong you know have they been up since three o'clock in the morning like most of us do when we take the 6 a.m flight you know are they hangry uh you know but if there is legit reasons for that room you know or or property i think you said something about the elevator like the elevator was leaking too. yeah yeah there was an elevator leakage problem yeah there there was yeah. to be multiple things yeah Right. So I, I feel you did the right thing. And, and again, it's just, I know it's hard because, you know, they're upset, they're angry, but, you know, you kind of have to work with them and try to calm them down a little bit and explain to them, listen, I'm asking these questions because I need to know the right thing to do here so I can get on it. So if we do need to move you, we need to do it now. Yeah. So and I, I do want to give a shout out to all of our agents, because as I was relaying this story to another agent yesterday, um, I had to laugh because she said, well, how did you know to do that? And I said, you know, the only reason I really knew how to handle or even a starting place to handling this situation is because it has happened to other agents. Agents have posted about it on our Facebook group. And so I've been able to, to see their thought process 
and figure out, okay, well, they've done this before and this is what they said they did. But I mean, at the end of the day, right, it's that communication piece and it's calling the supplier and figuring out the, what the options are before promising anything. I mean, I made that very clear. Let me see if there are any options to move instead <laughs> of, of saying, oh yeah, sure, we can move you. So John, does this ever happen on cruise ships? Well, it's funny you're saying about this because I wanted to bring up that we've done a lot of research and figured out that problems happen all the time. Could be weather, could be expectations not met, like Anise is saying. It could be just the hangry issue, whatever it is. And the best thing you can do is solve the problem right then and there. The longer you wait to solve a problem, the resolution has less, Im less impact in the end. Like you don't want people stewing over this for their entire trip and then they write a nasty email or whatever mm -hmm. they get home, like that solves nothing. Yeah. And so that's one of the things we actually, have, I think have done a great job over the years, but during the pandemic and the last year, we've formalized in what we call the Prince's Promise, that we've empowered the ships to consistently make situations right then, not waiting, because we don't want them coming back a week later, writing to our customer relations team, and then they write them a letter. You know, it's just a, it doesn't help anybody. And so I think what you did perfectly, not that you had a choice, because you actually took the call, which is again, first yeah. mistake, um, <laughs> is addressing it right then and there, and, and helping find the solution that was gonna make them happy. Then they feel like, wow, the service they got from you, this new property, they're gonna talk about it, you know, that they really liked it. And so I think uh, we, it's, listen, operations, is 24 seven is always something going on. It could be a leaky pipe that we can't control that impacts somebody's trip. It's, it's less life, pack yep. your patients, but also try and solve the problem right then and there. Yeah. I've had this happen a couple of times. Um, once was six months ago and one was just this week. So the one six months ago, uh, the client showed up, it's a five diamond property in Mexico and he, he writes me, he says, this isn't the five diamond. I, and he's complaining about the, the problems with it. And so I reached out to the supplier and directly to the hotel. Uh, they fixed some of the issues. And then uh, they also gave him a bottle of tequila in his room. And I think some of it might've been a mood issue. It's wrapped in that, that, that Mexico airport thing that you do like at Cabo and Cancun and Puerto Vallarta, where the people are trying to convince you they're their transfer. And he got stuck in that for oh. 30 minutes to an hour until he realized, you know, you got to go outside. Um, so I think that was part of it. So I think there was a mood thing there. I think there was some real issues as well, but they fixed it. Okay, now let's fast forward six months later. Different client, different place. Now we're in Hawaii. Uh, the client shows up to their room. The room doesn't appear as advertised. It's more partial ocean view than a true ocean view. And now the weekend was kind of was okay but it's Monday now and now there's construction all day long. So she's not happy. Used a different supplier, different hotel, right? Couldn't, couldn't get anyone to help me. Called, couldn't get anyone to resolve any, any issue. And then finally what she decided is she said, I'm gonna write a review on, on uh, TripAdvisor. Yep. Within two hours, the manager showed up, moved them to a nicer room with that ocean front and uh, no construction on that side. So I would say that TripAdvisor tactic, I had never thought of, so that's a tactic. But I think the real key is choosing that right supplier and vetting that, that hotel resort properly so that you know that it's quality. And oftentimes, if you work with a good supplier, they're already doing that for you. So you don't need right. to, you still need to vet it a little bit, but you don't need to vet it as much as some of, say, if you're just 
working with the supply that offers everything, offers every hotel, right? So lesson learned. So I will tell Carolyn, you a couple things. That I, oh yeah, go ahead, VA. You know, it also happens sometime on guided tours because I was ha happened to be traveling with a group on um, a package tour and I had one of my travelers who was just not happy with the hotel at all. Not happy with her room. Nothing made her happy about it. And in that case, I was able to go to the tour director and he solved the problem. But it's not just on trips to Mexico or trips to the Caribbean or whatever. It can even happen on your guided tours. Well, and it's about communication. I think that on this, I learned a couple of things that were really important. Number one is you can't, if someone reaches out in the evening, you know, I waited on hold for two hours until someone answered the phone. Um, but I needed to know what those next steps could be so that I could appropriately address it. Because in the morning, if I was going to get any penalties waived, they needed to be out of that resort before checkout. So that is one thing I learned, right? Because you didn't want them still there because they were going to have to pay for that extra day. Um, so I learned that is you got to you got to work fast and you got to work early um, because I was up at the next morning, 630. Same thing, communicating with them, you know, trying to get what they felt like they wanted to do and get the answers from the supplier. So, um, you know, it does take time. So I learned that. Then the other thing I learned is make sure when you're on vacation if you've got someone covering for you make sure they're going to do and solve the problem the way you would want like the way you would solve the problem really know that other person covering for you and i will tell you the agent i was covering for no doubt she would have handled the situation and taken the same amount of time with my client as she would if this was her own so you know the clients were exceptionally grateful um, they were kind, they were patient, and they were understanding too, which of course, in my mind, I wanted to help them all the better and all the faster because they, were, they weren't blaming anyone. It was just, this is how it is. What can we do to fix it? So I learned a lot from this experience, but I thank you guys for your input and for the input on the Facebook group. God bless the Facebook group. <laughs> you know, I had at least a starting point for this situation. Um, so you guys, as we close out the show, thank you all for being here and for staying on the whole time. That was fun. And you guys have such wise, wise words. Um, as, as a reminder, these shows will be posted on YouTube tomorrow afternoon. And you guys, we're a podcast now. So yay. So make sure you follow us. You can follow us on your favorite um, source. Um, someone did tell me yesterday they were listening uh, through, through Spotify. So thank you so much. Thank you, Apple Leisure Group, for being our show sponsor and for all of our segment sponsors this week. Uh, next week, we welcome Ray Snisky from ALG. And Bill's going to be here to break down what he learned about selling Greek Isle cruises in, uh, while he was there this last week. So, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of your week. John, safe travels to you. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Take care.